City Colleges of Chicago wants to help more adult students cross the finish line. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. There are a lot of reasons why people decide to go back to school. They think it'll help them get a better job. They have a love of learning or just want to prove to themselves that they can finish that degree. Whatever their motivation, returning to school as an adult is challenging. Often people are balancing jobs and kids and household responsibilities, any number of things that make getting to graduation that much harder. But the City Colleges of Chicago is trying to find ways to make the path to a degree a little simpler. So to learn more about their efforts, we're speaking with Veronica Herrero, Chief of Staff and Strategy at City Colleges. So Veronica, first off, when we say adult learners, let's talk about what we mean here. Mm-hmm. Um, so at City Colleges, uh, you know, we, we serve a predominantly non-traditional student population. So when we think of adult learners, we think of any student who is not coming right out of high school. Um, and we do that because, if, you know, as soon as you take a break, right, and mm-hmm. actually even those who don't take a break at City Colleges, um, they're juggling so many responsibilities and they're adulting right out of the gate, right? Yeah. So about like half of our students are caring for dependents. Um, about, you know, a quarter of them are over the age of 30. Um, we, we have a very diverse uh, student population overall. I mean, half of them are working at least one job. Yeah. How often would you say adult learners are, are finishing a degree that they started years earlier uh, versus enrolling in college for the first time? What I, you know, what we have found with our adult learners who who come to city colleges, many of them have had several attempts before, or at least one attempt um, at college before. Um, this obviously complicates uh, things for them as they're thinking of going back. Yeah. Uh, because I mean, one, they may have stranded credits, right? They might have, they may have debt. They may have run out of financial aid, uh, and also just the trauma, right? And and thinking, oh my gosh, can I go back? Do I belong in school? It didn't work the first time. Mm-hmm. But I think what our students um, often fail to to see, and I wish they would see more of, is that. Um, it generally was the system failing them. Uh, so, you know, city coll- at city colleges, we've really sought out to make and design programs that make it easy for our adults to come back. What What are some of the reasons they're giving you for why they're coming back? Um, sometimes it's it's career change, right? They've been, you know, working. Um, not feeling, not seeing any growth. Uh, in some cases, the pandemic um, really impacted their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they lost their jobs, or maybe they find themselves in a different family situation um, where they need to, you know, change their career or um, start working. Right? Because yeah. many of our caregivers too have just de- dedicated themselves to their children, and now they find themselves in a situation where they need to work. Others, you know, I think they just want to finish what they started. Yeah. Um, and we're, we, you know, we're ready to to take them back and help them out. Well, looking at the demographic I'm seeing here, 75% of the student body at the city colleges is black and Latino students who come from low-income communities. Tell us a bit more about that and, and maybe the age range that you see. Sure. So um, backing up just a little bit, I mean, we we do serve over at City Colleges. We're a system of seven community colleges um, located all across the city with five satellite sites serving over 60,000 students. Um, across our, our, you know, credit programs, adult ed, and continuing education. Um, three quarters are Latinx or black, mm-hmm. um, and about a quarter of our students are over the age of 30. Okay. So it does, we do really range in, um, age, background, um, and, um, level of education too. 
Well, tell us, Veronica, about this uh, program that you developed. It's called Future Ready. Mm -hmm. Uh, This was started during the pandemic, and it provides funding to adults who do want to do this, who want to embark on starting or finishing up their degrees. Yeah, so, you know, the the program is open to any Chicagoan um, wishing to do a short-term credential um, that many of the credentials of which uh, will will stack up to, towards an associate degree. Um, the the program was designed though for with adult learners in mind, knowing that they have limited time, um, they require a lot of flexibility, um, and we have about fifty or more programs. Um, all of which, some of them take a few weeks through continuing education. Mm-hmm. Others are, you know, one semester, two semesters, three semesters. And, and, and right there's a to- wide range of those programs too, right? I'm seeing you've yes. got things like forklift operator, cannabis handler, cybersecurity, web developer. How do you decide what courses to offer? Um, many of our, well, we decided on, on a set, it's almost like a curated list okay. for adult learners who are wishing to get a credential quickly, right, that lead to a high-demand job. Um, and so that is how we really filtered that and curated that list for adult learners. Um, and, you know, for example, if you think about uh, we'll take um, cybersecurity, uh, that will lead to, you know, you could become an information security analyst. And just at entry level, those uh, individuals can make, you know, over $60,000. Mm. Um, and this this is true for all of the programs uh, that are offered through Future Ready. They all lead to very, you know, good paying jobs. Yeah. You talked earlier about some of the, the barriers, right? Folks, older adults having dependents, they sometimes have, whether that means children or family members that they're caring for. Uh, you mentioned another hurdle for adults who have prior credits, um, and that's uh, transcripts uh, that have been uh, blocked if they're in debt. Why is that the case? Well, you know, there is, well, I will say there is legislation right now that's out there um, to try to release the transcripts so that students can access those transcripts and credits okay. um, as they as they leave. Um that is usually because they have debt at the colleges. Um, now, city colleges, if the debt is with city colleges and, a, and a, an individual would like to return and re-enroll, we will forgive that debt through our Fresh Start program. So they will, um, we, uh, you know, we, we, we do some debt relief in, within that first term that they enroll, mm-hmm. and we completely forgive their debt when they, once they complete their credential. Um, and with the, the credits um, that are stranded, that's what I call stranded credits, um, which is really unfortunate because, yeah. they, you know, these adults have put time into this. Um, our admissions team and our advising teams and our colleges are really quite used to working with students in these situations. So, um, you know, it's, the student wants to re-enroll and has these stranded credits, um, they can call 773-COLLEGE or do a live chat with one of our admissions team members, and mm-hmm. we'll walk them through all the steps. So we asked listeners to uh, share their stories about returning to school as an adult. Um, we got this response on Twitter from Thomas Gary that I want to read. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, quote, I tried going back to Northwestern's political science Ph.D. program in my 40s. Even with the GI Bill, it's hard to raise two kids in a full-time day program. It's a great program, just not built for older grad students. It would have been better if I was in my mid-20s. That's what Thomas had to say. First of all, thank you, Thomas, for for weighing in. What do you think folks should keep in mind, Veronica, if they are listening, they're considering whether going back to school is even right for them? 
let alone which program to choose? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, I can completely understand uh, where your your listener is coming from. I mean, most of our uh, universities and our colleges weren't designed with him in mind. Um, so that is that is just the truth. Um, what I can say is that the moment he looks, really goes to our website and starts to look at the profiles of our students, um, he will see that it, he's he's not too old, and we do have a whole community of support. In fact, at city colleges, you know, with um, at all of our colleges, we have various programs, um, support services to help students, and whether that's you know helping them to to do test placement or extended tutoring. The moment they enroll, they get all these supports. Um, but we also have really important partnerships with community-based organizations um, to help mentor them and cheer them on. I mean, we've got one million degrees. We've got, you know, partnership with Hope Chicago, mm-hmm. where there's the two-gen model. So we've got a whole, you know, team of partners um, that are ready to, to support us and the students as they come back as adults. That's Veronica Herrero, Chief of Staff and Strategy at City Colleges of Chicago. Thank you so much. Thank you. I want to bring another voice into the conversation. Seth Green is here. He's the Dean of the University of Chicago's Graham School of Continuing Liberal and Professional Studies. Welcome, Seth. Thank you so much for having me. So let's dive in. What programs does the Graham School offer? Yeah, so we are a destination for lifelong learners who want to better understand the world and live examined lives of purpose. And we have three signature programs. We have a Master of Liberal Arts where you can study across the university's graduate disciplines and then concentrate in an area that matters to you. We have a basic program of liberal education where you can take foundational texts in literature, philosophy, and political thought. And then we have a writer studio where you can go into any of the genres of writing from poetry to nonfiction storytelling. And then alongside those three signatures, we offer about 200 courses that are open enrollment that you can take to just get into the university's distinctive level of inquiry. And we really want to be a front door. So our aim is incredible university, but how do people access it throughout their lives? And we're the place where the big ideas meet people that have busy lives. I'm curious why the focus on liberal arts. Yeah, so we really passionately believe that liberal arts is essential both to our citizenship and to our ability to adapt in a changing economy. And there has been a big change in the educational atmosphere to move toward professional education, and that's very important for a lot of the reasons Veronica just described. But it does mean there's a gap, and now the liberal arts are increasingly only for a privileged few, and we really believe that it is essential And so what we're trying to do is make it more accessible and make sure that people can ultimately have both a great job and professional Mm -hmm. ability, but also have this lifelong liberal arts that allows them to thrive on numerous levels. And what's the age range of your students? Well, so we are open to people across all ages and stages. Most of the people that find their way to our doors are actually uh, 45 and older, and they're coming to us as a form of life enrichment alongside their career training. So I want to hear from uh, Kara Brennan-Alamano. She's uh, talking about the impact that the program is having on her career in human resources. Now, Kara also works for a company called Lattice, and they provide services for WVEZ. Let's listen. What I found is, especially during the pandemic and with a lot of the recent societal changes and changes in business, and particularly in the technology businesses that I've been a part of, It's been important for me to bring some new thinking to the table. And that's not just your traditional business courses. That's not looking at the frameworks that have already been established. It's really 
bringing new thought, um, and new insights. And for me, um, looking at his, at history, studying philosophy, thinking about leadership and ethics together, um, in my classes, um, that are humanities based and very discussion based at university of Chicago has led me to new perspectives and ultimately helped me be just a much better critical thinker. So Kara is, of course, a student in your master's in liberal arts program. How do you feel hearing that, Seth? I feel very inspired. That's really our goal is to use the liberal arts as a vehicle to help people think more critically. And I actually just visited a class this week in digital ethics, and a lot of the people in it are tech entrepreneurs and they're talking about core ideas in philosophy and mm -hmm. then applying it to issues like privacy. And they are totally out of their comfort zones. They grew up in business degrees and computer science. They learned the how. Now they're in leadership roles. They have to be asking not how do we do it, but should we do it? Mm. And if so, how do we implement it in a way that's ethical in society? And returning to these big ideas throughout time and space allows them, I think, to not just be in this moment, but in a timeless way, think about what should we be doing with AI, with machine learning? And this is being taught by an eminent philosopher who is someone who thinks very differently about these issues than a technologist. And we believe that the best answers come out of those types of interdisciplinary discussions. You also offer um, open enrollment courses, right? What does that mean exactly? So it means you can peek into any of the university's big ideas, and you can also have a chance to refresh. And one open enrollment course that I'm particularly excited about is America's Contested History. And we draw in students from all over the country, since that one is online, mm -hmm. uh, from different political views. And then you learn in that numerous texts from the 1619 Project, uh, a more conservative take on U.S. history. It's taught by someone who's a U Chicago PhD and then went on to be deputy historian for the U.S. House of Representatives. If you can imagine a tough job, yeah, uh, pleasing 435 for sure. people that disagree. But the goal is that if you have been out of school for a while, guess what? The way that we look at history has changed. How do you get back into an environment where you can have open exchange around what our history looks like? And we see it as just essential that while we try to build a common future as a democracy, we have some shared way of discussing our history across all of these boundaries. You briefly touched on this earlier, but, you know, I, I, I understand the prices of these courses. They're meant to be more affordable um, compared to the full price of tuition. How does Graham work with interested students to help them afford these programs? Yeah, so this is a core belief that the liberal arts is for everyone. Uh, they are accessible in the sense that, you know, it's, let's say, $465. That still, though, for a lot of people is not possible, especially when it's not leading to a direct career outcome. And so over the last year, we've more than tripled our scholarships. We run those through a number of partners so that we can really access the incredible residents on the south side who want to access the university so that we can be in partnership with teachers, for example, who want this as part of their future so they can teach better in their classes. And I'll just mention this summer, we have a new program we're really excited about on excellence in civics education where people can come to the university for free mm -hmm. uh, after they apply if they're a teacher in the social sciences in Illinois. Then they can not only be part of these classes, they can get graduate credit. And the classes will help them as they go back to their classrooms to bring divergent perspectives on history and civics to their classrooms in a time where we really believe that's fundamental to democracy. Seth Green is dean of the University of Chicago's Graham School. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. It's an honor to be here.
Let's shift now to hear from some students who pursued degrees at city colleges. Here with us is Frank Logan, a music education student at Harold Washington College, and Karina Meza, a graduate of City Colleges of Chicago. So, Frank, you, I hear, are set to graduate from Harold Washington on Saturday. That's right. Congratulations. Really forward to it. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Can that. you believe that you, you made it here? It seems like forever ago when I got this journey <laughs> started, and graduation is right here. Your family must be super excited, too. Everybody's flying in from out of town. Oh, blah, really? Blah, 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 yeah. Oh, and, and this is good because you're kind of having it post, uh, you know, the COVID rush where it, it, it was all virtual, and, and so you get to actually have real people. Bingo. Watch you walk across the stage. Post-COVID celebration. Yeah. yeah. Wonderful. Uh, you started your coursework in August of 2020, though. This is when we were just a few months into the pandemic. Why did you decide to enroll back then? My wife suggested that I should. Um, I would, had recently been released from my employment when they started switching over. Um, I was a manager for a sales team, for a really highly productive sales team. And some things happened, and it was time for me to go. Um, so my wife said, you don't understand how much of a blessing that this really is for you. You have the opportunity to get back into school now and finish your calling, you know, finish what you started a long time ago, which you believe God has called you to do. Your so, calling being music. Uh, not just music, because there is that, but it, but music education, teaching music specifically. I'm a second generation, well, fourth generation musician. My father was a huge name on the jazz circuit here in Chicago. Wow. So I get the opportunity to kind of extend the legacy a bit. That's wonderful. Thank you. Now, Karina, you were in your, your mid-30s when you went to college. Tell us why you decided to start your degree. Um, for me, it was a, I think it was a need um, because of where I was at in my life. Um, I was married super young. Um, and after like 17 years of being married and staying at home with my three kids, um, life happens, divorce and all of that. Um, so I found myself with three kids being the only provider for my kids. Um, suddenly. I, yes, very suddenly. Um, and not expecting that, right? Like the things were going to go that way. Um, and I was having a hard time finding a job because my resume did not look, you know, I, I only had, I think I worked at a as a waitress when I was 16, and that was my only experience. Mm. So um, did it come yeah. to you immediately then? Maybe I need to go back to school and brush up on some other skills. You know what? It did not until I was having a hard time finding a job. And the only job that I found that was able to, to help me was uh, a fast food restaurant, and the manager was my friend. Right. You knew the manager. Yes. I see. Yes. Yeah. Um, so then I, after 90 days, they gave me a 10 cent raise. And I'm like, what am I going to do with this 10 cents? Right. I have three kids to feed. Um, and so I'm like, I, and I, I think I went back to thinking about my father. Uh, I, we immigrated to Chicago um, in the 90s. And the reason that our family came here was to have a, a chance, right, right, to have a good life or a better life. Um, and education was was a way to do that. Yeah. Um, so I went back to that. Um, and I'm like, okay, education is, is what is going to, but I want to fast. <laughs> I want it now. Right. I, I think you were also thinking, I mean, there's got to be a better way. Yes. I'm not going to work all these hours for, for 10 cents every 90 days. Yes, yeah. exactly. 
So let's fast forward and, and let me hear from both of you on this. So you're at your first week in college, right? Are you excited? What was the most exciting part of that journey, stepping into that journey? Frank, you first. Just doing it all over again, yeah. getting back in. That was really exciting for me. It was so much. It was so exciting that I I overextended myself. <laughs> I signed up for too how many so? classes. Oh, that's how I signed <laughs> Your up. Your course for too load many was classes. heavy. Yeah, yeah. So I signed up for four classes. I was thinking it was going to be a cakewalk, that kind of thing, and it absolutely was not. I had to learn how to be. A, I hadn't been a student in thirty years, and all of the technology had changed. So I had to learn how to be a student all over again. Zoom was new. You know, there was none of that. There was. Uh, barely internet when I was in college the first time. So wow. everything was different. That's a big learning curve for yeah, sure. Yeah. What about you, Karina? First week. First week. And which program did you take? Um, I uh, I started at daily and I didn't know what to do. Um, so my thinking was, I want to, you know, my kids are okay. I take care of them. So I know how to take care of people. Uh, and I want to be a nurse. Um, so that was my idea. Didn't know how to get there, mm-hmm. um, but my first week was was not. I I still remember it was not exciting. It was, I was just afraid. Were you overwhelmed? Overwhelmed and afraid um, to start something new that I've never thought that I was gonna do. Because I think throughout my marriage, it was really clear that I was never gonna go back to school, mm-hmm. um, and kind of changing my mindset so quick um, because when I got separated, it was uh, November and then I started in the summer. That summer, um, I did the level up program, which is, I feel is a very good program. Um, and I, because once again, I was out of school for 15, 20 years, yeah. didn't yeah. know what to do. Yeah. I just went to high school um, so when I did the test, I placed in not in a level college level classes. Um, so that was another, another hurdle. Yes. Another obstacle that I need to, to do. Um, and city colleges presented that to me. Um, so I did a really intense, I think four week or I don't even remember. It's been like 10 years, <laughs> been 10 years. Um, so oh, it wow. helped me. Yeah, it helped me. Um, but I was, I remember being afraid and I, I remember being out of place. Um, to me, college was for kids that were right off, you know, out of high school. Right. Yeah, that's, see, that's, that's a good question. So I uh, just want to let you know that I have more in common with you than you think. Um, because I mean, I, I did the classic straight out of high school where I was an 18 year old surrounded by other 18 year olds in, in college. Um, that was a different program. It was psychology. Um, and then, uh, I think I was 24. I did, or 23. I did, uh, I started the journalism program officially because I had already been sort of working in the industry and I was like, well, let me get the degree, the bachelor's to, to back this up. And then just four years ago, five years ago, I started uh, a master's program, um, in my mid thirties. And so I've kind of done all the different stages and the, but something about doing the bachelor's and the master's with people who were 18 and I was in my twenties or in my thirties, it was strange. Yes. Agreed. I I totally (laughs) agree with that. That's my experience. You know, everybody in in my, in all of my classrooms, all of my classes are half my age, younger than half my age. I mean, I fit in, I made sure that I, I, I fit in and, you know, got my work done and, uh, collaborated on group projects as as needed, but mm-hmm. um, there was something about the fact that I was, you know, especially for the masters, it was during the Zoom era. 
I was signing on after having parented (laughs) for the morning uh, and they were just kind of rolling out of bed (laughs) because it was, you know, they had nothing else but maybe their bowl of cereal or something before right. <laughs> before right, before class. Um, how it's did that funny. feel for it's, you? It's funny like that because, you know, being in my late 40s now, I'm the sage in the classroom. <laughs> you know, I'm like, yes. no, I'm a student just like everybody else. But when I say something in the class, people do this. You know, everybody turns around and looks. Yes. What, is, what is the old guy going <laughs> to say? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And, yes. and with my, my bachelor's, I mean, mid-20s, as I described, but I also had my two children at the mm-hmm. time. So I do remember nights, and, and Karina, I, I, I feel like you could probably relate, where, I mean, I had a textbook in one hand, and I had a, a breastfeed, breastfed baby on the other, you know, um, and I just had to make it work. Yes. I remember once I got my, my first daughter on this nine-to-nine sleeping schedule. I thought I won the jackpot <laughs> because she was sleeping from 9 p.m. to 9 a.m., and I was like, Beautiful. great, nice. I can get my schoolwork done. Nice. Fantastic. You know what? For me, it was even more surreal because my kids like my oldest is 24 right and i have a 20 a 23 year old daughter mm-hmm. a daughter and my my son is 18 so i went especially in my master's program they're the same age as my kids so that is oh boy so i know yeah. i yeah. know a lot of kids uh, like a lot of things that i feel someone my age shouldn't know because i have my kids mm-hmm. to learn from right. and my friends um but uh it was, I think, at the beginning when I started my journey, my thinking was, what am I going to learn from these people, right? From students that are half my age. Um, mm-hmm. They don't have my experience. Um, they have not struggled the way that I struggle or the, the way that I'm struggling at that moment. Right. Right. Because I was surviving. I was literally surviving mm-hmm. every day. Um, but I, I, I was... So surprised because I've I've made so many friends. About two days ago, one of my friends that I made um, in an undergrad called me um, because she got engaged. Wow. And we were when Very we were nice. at the Paul. Yes, when we were at the Paul, she was talking about this guy that she liked, and ah. I'm like, you know, you should give it a try. You don't know. So she you wanted just, to tell you the journey, the yes, fact that they made it. Yes. To... So I met both of them. They were in, psycho- in the psychology program uh, with me. And now they're, I think they're going for the doctorate. And one of them is a lawyer and like all kinds of things. But they're my friends. Right. And I'm going to go to their wedding. That's, That's wonderful. Yeah. That's wonderful. You know, and I want to go back to talking about family for a minute here, because, Frank, you talked about how your wife was the one that sort of was the visionary here Absolutely. Uh, when it comes to this this program. Tell us more about how your, your kids and, and family have supported you through this process. My son is in the Army, so he's stationed in France right now. Um, my youngest son, Tyler, is in Arizona. My daughter, Idea, is in New York. So I get emails, I get phone calls, I get text messages, I get FaceTimes, that kind of stuff all the time. Being an old guy, I'm a Samsung guy. And they all have <laughs> iPhones. So, no, Dad, you can't. No, we got to get you an iPhone. So that was the first thing that happened. Uh, they all piled up and got me an iPhone. Um, so I'm on the wow. horn with them all the time. They're always checking in. You know, my daughter finished her degree first. So she's, are you doing your homework? Blah, 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 blah. blah. Isn't it, that wild? It's <laughs> hilarious. Things have come full it's circle. A, the student has surpassed the teacher now <laughs> at this point. It's hilarious. But I love it. I love it. Those those are my kids. And those like you said, guys. they're coming on Saturday. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking really forward to having everybody here. That's incredible. Well, well, Bullet, my, my oldest son, Bullet, is in the Army. so he Well, well not. Yeah. Uh, he's yeah. going to be in France, but right. he'll be with you in, in Call spirit. Call him Bullet because he's got his dad's head. Oh, does he? <laughs> 
what about you? What's your family support like right now, Karina? Um, they're very proud. Um, and it was it was funny because I think, well, not funny, but I think it helped me understand my kids mm-hmm. and their school. And I, I'm more empathetic when it comes to instead of, um, well, I don't care if you're tired, you need to do this homework yeah. because it's due tomorrow, right? Um, because that was me. I was tired and this homework is due tomorrow and I need to get my, you know, my behind up. And, um, so it made me a lot more, yeah, more empathetic. Yeah. More empathetic to my kids and their journey. Um, and also the pressure that 18 year olds have when they go to college to know what they want to do already. Yeah. And I found myself being 30 something years old Mm -hmm. and not knowing what to go to school for. Right. I'm uh, I'm a therapist right now. Um, and I did not find what I wanted to do until like the last semester when I took a psychology 101 class. Ah. And I'm like, you know what? This is what I want to do. Um, and I want to be clear for our, our listeners. You you went on to get a master's. Uh, you now work at City Colleges. Yes. You're a clinical case manager at the Wellness Center at Wilbur Wright College. That's yes. incredible. Congratulations. Yes. Thank you. I mean, what is that like for you? Again, another full circle moment. Yes. Um, it's such a, it's coming back, right? Coming back and it, it just, I don't, I don't say it's like a circle. I think it's like the infinity circle, ah. right? That I'm meeting at the, at, at the, the middle. X, right. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I know I'm going to learn. Um, more and, and my my growth is gonna be, you know, it's gonna take me some other places. Um, but it to me is this, the, it's so wonderful and so awesome, and I'm so excited. Um, and I, I can't wait to support students. Um, because what kind I'm of services will you provide for them? Um, I do therapy. Okay, I do therapy. Um, and I am. I think I were also. I'm gonna do. I'm. A month in to this position, so, oh, so it's brand new, very, okay. yeah, very, very new. Yeah. Um, but I, uh, I'm can't wait to to support also the staff, right? To know how to navigate. Um, I don't know students that are not your typical right students, or also we're coming out of a pandemic where there's a lot of trauma behind it, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of struggle with housing with. Um, with everything, right? Every everybody is struggling right now. Oh, yeah. um, so I can I can wait to support students. Uh, it's a support, tough time. Yeah. I mean, what did our U.S. Surgeon General say? We're in a loneliness epidemic yes. right now. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. So this is a good time for for, for someone like you, um, Karina and Frank. You want to become a music teacher? Yes. Yes. Sounds like that's your passion. It's it's kind of come down the family lines, right? Yeah. What kind of students are you interested in, in working with? I keep getting asked that question. Um, I'm, I'm looking really forward to starting off at the high school level because at the high school level, I found that it's those students that at that time in their life, they're really beginning to shape themselves into becoming who they're going to spend the rest of their lives being. It starts really at the high school level. They're kind of figuring things out. Yeah. Um, so while I'm working on my master's, uh, when I get there, I'll start off in the high school level and then ultimately become a professor and work at the collegiate level because now, those students are a little different. You know, they're a little bit more determined, a little bit more focused. Oh yeah. They're at this point, they're like, this is what I'm here for. This is what I want. Now, I just have a couple seconds left, but I'd love for you both to give very quick advice. Someone listening right now, they're considering going back to college. Maybe they want to go for the first time. They're in their 30s, their 40s. What do you say, Frank? Two things. It's never too late. 
and have motivation and discipline in place. Karina? Um, for me, find your your people. Um, get all the support for me. One Million Degrees was instrumental for me to, um, to continue. So you find those supports, um, and they're going to hold you when you're when it gets hard mm -hmm. and that discipline um, and family and that you can do it. It all goes together. Yeah, that's right. Karina Meza and Frank Logan. Thank you both for sharing those stories with us. This episode of Reset was produced by Linnea Dominic and it was edited by Meha Ahmed and Stephanie Kim. Start your day with Reset each morning by subscribing to our recently launched newsletter. It's the perfect way to see the big headlines everyone is talking about and to find out what new and exciting things your fellow Chicagoans are up to. Go to wbez.org slash reset and enter your email to sign up. That'll do it for Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We'll talk to you this afternoon. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.